Are you coloring? That's an H. What color is that, Gracie? Pitbull. Yeah! Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriaging Cool Parent. Good afternoon or morning or whenever you're listening. Or 2 a.m. if you're anything like my husband and stay up all night. He literally doesn't go to bed till 3 a.m., I swear. Well, I, I went to bed, I think, at 7.30 last night because I'm sick. Yeah, he's my big baby sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to complain about a sickness around a pregnant person. I, I actually feel, I do feel a lot better. I was sick for so stinking long with this pregnancy. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really have, I'm, I guess it, like the spells come up, especially if I smell something bad, like Henley's poop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or my had, vape. Yeah. I mean, her poops are stinky. Yeah. You gagged the other day off of her urine. I know, but I'm starting You've to get better. never done that. Yeah. I know, but I am starting to get better. Yeah, so yesterday I got increasingly worse. I I started out having a cough and went to work and just got increasingly worse and then my desk mate said that you look green or yellow or you just look bad. Can you get the f out of our cubicle? Yeah. Do not infect me with your sickness. Yeah. That's what happened last year. The flu went around the office like it was a, a pandemic. Um, I don't know if pandemic's the right word, but <laughs> I uh, went home, went to an urgent care clinic and have a 102 fever and an upper respiratory infection that I have antibiotics for. My big baby. Yes. And I just took my temperature before this podcast and it was 100.2. So I can still claim the sick card. Yeah, you're, you, I guess you, you can still claim it. I'll still give you a back rub tonight. But anyways, I am so excited for today, today's podcast episode because we have part two with the bird's papaya on and girlfriend is on fire. She really is. What a motivating individual and just someone that is knows herself and is inspiring. I mean, she literally makes me love every stretch mark, every flab, every cellulite. Um, I'm like, oh, I don't look bad. I look good. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but yeah, we have her coming on for part two later today in the episode. But first, we're going to talk about uh, 2020 goals for us. Okay, no joke. This is the last month of an entire decade. Yeah. Can you believe it? That is huge. I mean, it, let that sink in for a minute. This is the last month of an entire decade. That's like a hundred years. No, it's ten. But <laughs> that's like ten years. <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So our goal for 2020 is to take this podcast on the road. The number one request that we get is to have a meet and greet, and. I mean, we want to be able to do a meet and greet as well, but obviously I'm five months pregnant, almost five months yeah, pregnant. That'd be a massive undertaking. Yeah, it would be a massive undertaking. And But we're, we're here for it. I would love to take this podcast on the road. I would love to have guest podcasters along with us. I would love to get an RV and go on road trips and just tour the country. Oh my God, that'd be so fun. But, but let's start with like the immediate East Coast states. And maybe like LA or something or wherever you guys live. We'd, we'll find out like where you guys live and who wants to hear from us and then go on the road in 2020 yeah. and some sort of a small tour. Weren't we um, number one in friends and family or kids and family in like Norway? Yeah. And we in, should go to Norway. Yeah, that... I wonder if there's a hotel in Norway that would want to do a meet and greet. Uh, Norway, oh if you're hearing this, let us know. Oh my gosh, Douglas, you're so funny. I don't know if I want to go to Norway, either, A, either pregnant or B, with a newborn. That'd be awesome. 
no Douglas <laughs> not for me uh but no but in all seriousness I do want to be able to take the podcast on the road I don't know either I'll be super pregnant and do it in the beginning of the new year or we will have a newborn and figure that out and it'd be more of like the end of the year but Either way, that's our goal, but we're not going to be able to do that ourselves. So we're hiring a podcast assistant to help us manage not only uh, the audio and that type of thing, but to help us manage guests and plan this tour and all the things. So if you're someone who absolutely loves audio and you're able to edit it and you're, you know, random hours and if you know our humor, that's the people that we want. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, we're looking for someone to help us to fulfill our dream for 2020, which is to take this podcast on the road and to meet every single one of our listeners and just give you a hug and say hi. Yes. So that's the goal. If you're able to edit audio and movie, if you can work, work remote, if you're self motivated because obviously I'm not going to be there to constantly be a drill sergeant like I am for Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh and if you're interested in the position at all, then just email me, jamie at jamieotis.com and throw in your resume. Please include your social media handle so I can research you and make sure that you're not crazy. And tell us what the your favorite part of the show is. Or, yeah, I guess you can do that too. We're just making this up on the fly. Yep, but that we, was totally made up. We are genuinely hiring someone right now for the podcast because it's growing and growing and growing. And thank you guys so much for being loyal and loving us. And we are not getting better and better and better at it, editing. No, we're not. It takes me a very long time to edit these because I and want them me. to sound really good for you. You know, those of you listening, so it's not like annoying in any way, shape or form. So, yeah, we're looking for someone to hire. If that's you, send us over your resume and I will be in touch with you for sure and on that note we have 50 winners yes i like put it out on last week's episode episode 49 every single handle of the 50 people i put out on my instagram i put it out on uh, hot marriage cool parents instagram you know that we like jumbled and hand selected 50 of you with the five star reviews from itunes and no joke like only like 20 of you have claimed your coffee on us right well you guys are amazing and it would be awesome if you can take a picture of the coffee that you get oh my god that's a good idea and then you can you know, tag us in ta- it. Yeah, definitely tag us with the coffee and um we want to see your face yeah well you don't have to show your face if you don't want to because sometimes i'm like don't want to show my face well maybe your eyeball if you're one of those that just puts like their upper cheek and eyeball as a profile <laughs> picture that's there's, fine there's so many of those but <laughs> yeah but no what i was trying to say though is that if you left a five-star review on itunes chances are you probably want a coffee on us. So please, you know, just like take a peek and see if you want, because I want to give it to you. Like I want, I really want to buy you a coffee. <laughs> and we want to fulfill all 50. And speaking of five-star reviews, we want to give a shout out to this week's five-star review, which is va 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 ba boom that's, that's how many letters are in it. I'm reading that verbatim. But uh, says, love you guys. I've been following you guys since Married at First Sight first aired, and I love you guys. I just wanted to say I love your podcast and how open you guys are. It makes me feel better when I'm having some hard days. Recently, I reconnected with my mom's side that I had never met. Feel like I'm not alone in this. Love you guys. Thank you for that review because honestly, sometimes I kind of feel alone in this type of a situation. If you, you know, heard last week's episode, episode 49, you know, my mom. She's always claimed to not know my father. I've had four paternity tests. They all came back negative. She said she couldn't remember his face in the mirror, but couldn't remember his name. And then, you know, as I got older, 
I really, I mean, my whole life I've wanted to know my father. So I did one of those DNA test things. I had a match with a woman who turns out to be my paternal aunt. And yeah, and so then I found how, I found my father, but my mom, the first time that like I discovered kind of who he was, I sent my mom a picture of the guy, of my, my father, and I said, turns out this guy looks like he's my father. <laughs> nope, I would have remembered the moles. Yeah, I said, D- do you recognize him? And she was like, no, I would have remembered the mole on his <laughs> neck. And I was like, oh, okay, mom. <laughs> like, right. what? She doesn't remember anything else from that night, but she would have remembered the moles. Yeah, I don't know. So most recently, literally on Thanksgiving, I saw my mom for the first time since, uh, you know, since finding out who my father is. And she basically just told me that he he raped her essentially without with you know in more or less words she was a little unclear i think that the story that um that you always said and your stories never changed from your previous conversations well with no your mom. She, her story i mean she's told me the same thing since i was a kid right so then you know hearing like i was very familiar with the story and hearing her say it and i i kind of got some uh, bits and pieces her her story changed and you know you had who knows when you're going to get this opportunity to see your mom again? You, you know, it's like, she's, she's a wanderer. Um, you know, we were lucky to have her there to even talk to. And, um, she seemed very defensive, but you know, it was something that had to be asked because who knows when you would see her again. Did she seem defensive to you? I think so. Because as soon as you brought it up, she got real quiet and said, I'll tell you, but it's not good. And you know, it's, it was almost like, well, you said that you didn't know him and you said that you remember his face and but now it's not good um i think the story about being raped was always out there but as she was speaking about the night she said i don't know if it was um i don't know if it was rape if it was consensual all i know is that when i went to the when i woke up um my nightgown was somewhere and uh my privates hurt and then she said she went to the doctor and the doctor said that she was date raped Right. With a date rape drug. Yeah, which... She never said. No, and also she had already admitted to using pot and cocaine for the very first time. It was always pot, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was always pot. And now now she said she used cocaine for the first time as well. Yeah. So... But but also, too, it was funny because she, she initially said that she didn't recognize him or she would have recognized the mole. But then she said that I do remember his face, but when he was younger... I just didn't remember his face through the picture that you sent because he was older. Yeah, which honestly still doesn't make any sense. And the more and more I think about it, I'm like, if you recognized his face when he was younger, then you knew who he was the whole time because you were your boyfriend worked for him. And when I asked her if she saw him again after that, she said no. When she was dating the guy's... No, she said, of course she did. She said she must have stopped in to get sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, but she said she never saw him again since that night. That's what she said. I don't know. My mom, this is why I honestly, I pulled Doug aside and made him come listen to the conversation. And my mom says, why? Why is, you know, like, why does he have to be here? And I was like, because I need moral support, mom. Like, this isn't easy for me to hear about or, and, and also truthfully I'm like please someone else has to take accountability for this conversation because my mom's story changes so many times I want to know that I'm not crazy that if her story changes I can be like listen this is what you told me like Doug heard too and Mm -hmm. you can't like change your mind now no and she I mean even towards the end it was almost like um I can't tell you what I don't know that's all that I know and I imagine that she said that 
in the past to you whenever you brought it up. Like, I just don't know anymore. I, I just don't know. And now all of a sudden she knows more, but she's giving us that that's the extent of all the knowledge that she, that she has. And, you know, that kind of explains why she didn't want to get the DNA test, like why she didn't want to just swab her cheek and send it back to you. Yeah, it was really interesting. I was like, mom, I bought an extra DNA kit. So just so that my mom, so just so I could prove that it was paternal and it was definitely not maternal in any way, shape or form since I don't have my dad's DNA and I do have two brothers, but they have no interest in me whatsoever. I felt like the the most, I don't know, solid way to prove that this is definitely my dad was to have my, like to rule out my mom in any maternal side. So there's not a doubt that, you know, my aunt is my paternal aunt. And she only has one brother, so that makes it very easy to find out who my father is, which is obviously her brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, probably the worst part of that conversation was my mom looking at me, like, almost, like, rolled her eyes and was, like, fed up with me and was like, are you going to, when are you ever going to be at peace with this, Jamie? Right. And I was like... You didn't <laughs> say anything, which was kind of good. I got angry, but you didn't really say anything. It was, like, you know, like, how how could you say that? How How can you, like, you know how much it means to you. And you know that this is like a, a whole journey and the guy is, the guy died and you're just looking for information. And it's almost like, you know, she, she just doesn't want to say anything else because she doesn't want to share you with another family. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know what it is. I have no idea, but that it's was so, it, but it's so delicate and sensitive to say that, you know, that you don't believe somebody when they say that they were raped, you know, like there's, you know, it's, it's a very, very hard topic to discuss or to debate because something that happened 30 years ago, who knows? And if the story, I mean, the only way that we would know a hundred percent is if she just came out and said the God's honest truth, or she's telling the God's honest truth and she was raped and just doesn't remember. But it's hard to, it's hard to even go back at it to, to even talk to her about it or even give, you know, just to say, you know, well, are you sure that's what happened? Yeah. Well, this is the thing is I'm really sensitive about the me too movement. I mean, I was sexually abused as a child and never came out cause I was terrified that I wouldn't be believed, but also I was terrified that I was like naughty and dirty and the one at fault, even though I was a kid and that's like why I think it's so important that we support anyone who comes out with any claim, you know, and to like really investigate and make sure that it's accurate and to support the woman. And I know that instantly anybody who's thinking of, of the situation, this whole story would probably say, yeah, your mom's full of poo. And she just made that up to make herself look better because she was probably using drugs she may have slept with him for drugs. Um, that's been thrown out a lot. And probably, I mean, I, I flat out asked my mom, did you sleep with him for drugs? And she said, no, she's never done that. But I know that she's done that before. Um, you know, not necessarily like way back then, but as she got like really deep into drugs when I, like when I was a teenager and I could remember, she definitely slept with guys for drug and she had admitted that. So any case, like, you know, my mom's story has definitely changed, but I am so sensitive to the, to the fact that there are women who are terrified to come out and say that they've been sexually abused in any shape or form. 
for the fear of not being believed, especially if they're drug users or addicts of any sort or, you know, from a, a lower socioeconomic background. And my mom is literally all of the above. So I don't want to not believe her. It's just that she, her story truly doesn't line up. And I really, honestly, I want to help my mom. I want to be like, mom, it's okay if you did sleep with him for drugs. And he's dead. Yeah. You can say, and I mean, the fact that, that, I mean, hopefully more information will come or maybe she'll remember at some point, but you, you would just hope that, you know, I don't even know if you want closure because you kind of have a, a fantastic group of people on Frank's side, your dad's side that are able and, and, and willing and, you know, open to starting a relationship with us and you. Yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't, I've been trying, I mean, this has been on the top of my mind for ever since Thanksgiving, essentially. I just can't stop thinking about it because my whole life I wanted to know who my father was. She, my mom never said she was raped. She did insinuate that she didn't know what happened, but she never went so far as to say that her nightie was found like someplace like on the floor, you know, not, not with her and that she woke up sore in her private parts and and went to the doctor. She's never said all that. So, you know, it's either a, she's telling me that she was raped but like, why wouldn't she have said that right when I first told her? So it's either A, she's telling me now because she didn't want to tell me before, or B, you know, she's just trying to almost maybe make herself look better and explain why she never even had him tested because, I mean, just truthfully, it does. It truly just doesn't add up, especially because my mom, it's not like my mom was sensitive to my feelings. I mean, the same conversation after the fourth after the fourth paternity test, it all began with, you know, my mom loved me so much. First, she was going to abort me. And then she was, you know, she couldn't go through with the abortion. So she had a family, a nice family she picked out from Long Island who, you know, she was going to adopt me out to. But then when she saw one look of me and she kept me, I mean, this is what my mom told me when I was like, I don't know, six or something. So it's not like she was sensitive to my feelings. And that's why she didn't tell me she was raped. Um Otherwise, I mean, maybe she would have never told me that she was going to abort me and adopt me out Right? because <laughs> that was pretty hurtful too. But <laughs> anyways, I don't know. I am. It's just, it's a very fine line to say, yes, you know, my mom was raped or no, she definitely is probably just telling a story. Um, but based on like the evidence that I've been given, I, I, and of course I don't want to believe I'm a rape baby, but there's really truly nothing wrong with being a rape baby. I mean, if you are one, because I mean, obviously you can't do anything about it. It's not your fault. Right. What could you do? Yeah. It just sucks. But either way, I mean, I clearly wasn't necessarily wanted anyways. Yeah. I mean, and it could be that the story changed so many times and she's had so many horrors in her life growing up that stories can mix. You can not remember days and it's kind of, you know, like you push it out and push it out or tell yourself different stories until you believe it. And, you know, maybe she just doesn't want to go back on everything that she said because then nothing that she says uh, can be believed. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I don't know that I'll ever know the answer. And I think I'm going to have to just learn to be okay with that. And I think that I'm not the only one. Like, thank you guys so much for those of you who have even a, like slightly the sim- similar story as me and share that because it does make me feel a little less awkward and abnormal and 
just like un I don't want to say unworthy, but kind of. I don't know. It's really it's a weird situation when you're so unwanted when you're a kid. If if your mom let's say that we see your mom again and she says that, okay, I'm gonna tell you the full truth of what happened that night and she tells you every detail she tells you what had happened do you get mad at her are you understanding how would you react well first of all I that she has told me that is her full truth like and then the full truth has changed several times so right but if either way if the full truth I'm a really big believer in whatever the full truth is and someone's coming to you and telling you the full truth you don't get mad you aren't always going to be happy with what you hear, but at least they're vulnerable, vulnerable enough. And they trust you enough to share their truth with you. And honestly, especially something that happened. I mean, I was conceived 33 years ago, something that happened so long ago. Who am I to be mad or judge or say anything? I wasn't there. So I don't get mad. I really wouldn't be mad at my mom. And I try explaining that to her, but I think she's so used to people judging her for like poor decisions. I mean, she's had, to be very honest, like every single one of us kids have different fathers. My older sister had has no idea who her, her dad is. My, I just found out who my father is. My sister Amy Lynn found out when she was 16. And then the twins, the youngest two, they obviously have the same dad, which mm-hmm. isn't actually always obvious because sometimes twins can have <laughs> different fathers. Yeah. But, um, but I think giving her that peace of mind, you know, just saying like we're not going to judge you. It's not going to be something that you have to worry about. You know, you're not mad at her. It's let's move on. I think, I I don't know if that would even help at that point, just to give her, you know, kind of that comfort that, you know, there's no repercussions to whatever happens. Well, the truth of the matter is, is I did tell her that we had one conversation on the phone after I found out who my father was and I was upstate going to visit them for the very first time. My mom and I were supposed to get together for she, she like backed out and canceled out. Like that's always happens with my mom. So I wasn't that surprised, but she said to me, do you forgive me? And I was like, yes, I do. I hold, I do not hold you accountable for any of, you know, whatever happened whenever like our whole life, really, like there's been a lot of different things. And I genuinely wholeheartedly do forgive my mom. I have been trying to always just kind of put myself in her shoes and to kind of like understand how, you know, what the way she sees the world. And I think that the biggest thing about forgiveness is that it's for me and it's for the person who is doing the forgiving, not so much for the person who needs to be forgiven. And, um, I really truly believe in that. Like I have more peace in my heart, especially now that I'm a mom myself, knowing that I have forgiven my mom. I have no hard feelings towards my mom. Not going to lie. This last conversation stirred up some hard feelings because I'm like, mom, why? Like, why do you have to change your story and make my father sound like this bad, bad guy when this whole time you've never known anything? Like, why? Like, why do you do that? But (sighs) or it's like, maybe she just doesn't know. And then to just say you don't know then. That's okay. But don't, you know, I don't know. So in any case. What about hypnosis? I'll tell you what. I just kind of want to move on because I feel like okay. I'm about to cry, Doug. I just okay. want to move on. Right. It's, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, I am I want to be over it. I need, I feel like I need to heal more before I talk about this because yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit like, I'm just sad. And it's a very sensitive topic for me still. So let's move on sure on a positive note we are leaving for our very first family vacation i don't know how long has it been it's been a while a year yeah so the last time we went to we were going to stay at the grove in orlando and the last time we went there we were trying to conceive (laughs) and we came home 
found out we were pregnant and lost that baby mm. and then got pregnant again, lost that baby. Yeah. So this time we're going back and yeah. we are pregnant. It yes. is solid. You know what though? Henley knows Mickey and Minnie Mouse. I bet you she's still going to be scared of the characters. We're not going to Disney, Doug. Oh, we're not? We're going to stay at the Grove? Doug never knows anything that we're doing. Literally ever. I mean, I have talked to his whole entire family. We've had, we've had, he's on the group text message. He never knows anything that's going on. We are all raving about the fact that we're not going to Disney. I love Disney. Don't get me wrong. But like our kid, my daughter's two. I mean, how much is she going to enjoy it? She's already been twice. I'm like, I need a vacation. Disney's she, an effing trip. She probably trip. would remember things now or she would have more fun i think she probably would have more fun now that's but... all i was saying i knew that we weren't going yeah right doug i was just giving a uh hyperbole right nice job jo- nice job using big words to try to get around that it's not even the right big word <laughs> well clearly i don't know what hyperbole means <laughs> <laughs> i'll just say it all like right. it is agree to disagree then yeah but no we're not going to disney we're literally just staying at the resort and praying to god that it's sunny by the time you are listening to this in your earbuds or in your car speaker or you know on the treadmill or however you're listening then we are in california we're recording it early it's tuesday but we're it's coming out on friday you mean florida did I say what I say? California. California. Oh, I love Cali. Clearly, I'm, I'm supposed to be a California girl. <laughs> I could have swear my father came from California because <laughs> I love California so much. But no, yeah, sunny Florida. We're going to Orlando and we're just going to stay at this resort's really nice. I mean, it has multiple pools, it has a safari park, it has, you know, a little miniature golf, it has canoes and the whole, I mean, it has everything you could possibly need for like a weekend getaway trip, a surf simulator. All of Doug's side of the family is going, plus my whole family. So my sis, both my sisters and their family, they were all coming. But this is the most disappointing news like ever. I mean, truly, I don't even know. This is just the most disappointing news ever. So m- my sister, Amy Lynn, my sister, Leah, and myself, we were all pregnant together. And it was so exciting. First, my sister, Leah, lost her baby. And now, literally just today, my sister, Amy Lynn, called me crying saying that she went to her doctor's appointment that confirmed that her baby stopped growing around the five week mark. And, um, and she's going to lose her baby as well. Cause it's just not viable. It's not growing. Yeah. And it just, I mean, we're so sensitive to that and it just brings back memories and it's really, it really sucks to hear. And yeah, I mean, for you, especially, I think the, the truth of the matter is, is that it's always been the other the other shoe on the other foot or whatever has been my situation. Like I'm always the one losing the baby and then other people are pregnant and stay pregnant around me. And I know how painful that is that it's just, it's like, that's just the most painful, painful thing when you were due around the same time as a woman and then her belly grows and she gets excited about feeling the kicks and the moves and has like a sprinkle or a baby shower and then prepares a nursery and, brings a baby home and you're still like, I'm trying to get pregnant over here. Like it just, your whole heart hurts and there's really like nothing you can do about it because you're trying your absolute best to get pregnant. So now that's happening to my sisters and I'm the one pregnant and it's just, it's a different kind of pain. Cause obviously before, I don't know, it's just so hard and I'm so sensitive to it and I don't know how to be the best big sister I can be. I, I know like I don't, you just let them know that you know what they're going through. Yeah. You know, like you've, you've have experience in exactly the same situation. You know, when we lost 
Jonathan, um, you know, my, my brother's wife, Carrie was, um, pregnant with, uh, Mason. So it's like you, you, you've, you've been there. And I think that it's just having, I mean, we've discussed this before, but having an open ear being just the, you know, if you want me just to listen or whatever, and you know, I know you're going to be very, very aware of not seeming too excited or, you know, touching your baby bump or taking a picture with your baby bump. But, um, if there's any peace of mind to this, everyone else in your family is the most fertile people on the planet. I, I have, I have no, no doubt in my mind that, that her and Nate will get pregnant again. Honestly, I have no doubt either. And she's handling it so well. I mean, she also found out that she's diabetic now and she's on metformin and her, I have thyroid issues. She has thyroid issues as well. Her body's been out of whack. So she's like, okay, I'm going to get my body back together again. And then we're going to, we're going to get this couple of months and I'm going to get, you know, healthy essentially. Is that a blood thinner? Metformin? Right? No, it's for diabetes. It's oh, a, I thought it was like warfarin. No, yeah. No. That's where I heard it before because my dad has diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. So your mom, I think is on metformin, mm-hmm. but Type two. yep. So in any case, you know, she's going to get through it, but anybody, any of you guys listening out there who've ever known somebody who suffered from a loss or if you've suffered from a loss, you know, it's just like one of the most excruciating things you can go through, but she's going to get through it. She's staying positive and I'm obviously going to be by her side hundred percent. I remember when I couldn't get pregnant and then I didn't really want to be around pregnant people because it just, it just not, they don't have to flaunt it. It doesn't even matter. It just like hurts a little, you know? So I'm going to just not take offense to that whatsoever if they're like not interested and I get it. Anyways, we are also remodeling our kitchen right now. We are knee deep. We have no cabinets on our... No doors, no on our cabinets whatsoever. It's like a naked kitchen. Yeah, which really like shows how disorganized my cupboards were and I'm so embarrassed to admit it out loud. I'm like, good God, I got to organize these bad boys. And we have a whole outline of the new countertop that we'll have. So it's just a... It almost looks like a project, like yeah. a pet project that we're doing. Yeah, it's we're really going wild. And actually, the some of the ca- cabinets I want to like completely take off the wall and just add shelving units there. But uh, we're also getting new lamps, like chandelier type lamps, to hang over our island. Our island's going to be a little bit larger and square instead of circular. And so I was like, I don't even know where you go to find this kind of stuff. So I just research Lamps Plus because they're the nation's largest lighting retailer. They have over 55,000 designs from top brands. And they also have their own exclusive designs in lighting, home furnishings, and decor. And you don't even have to guess at what the designs will look like or wander around the aisles of a big box store. Yeah, Lamps Plus has videos with design tips and all the photos on their site tell you which light fixtures or furniture pieces are features so it's super easy to buy exactly what you like and they also have a large selection of minka lavery lighting to transform your home into wonderful living areas minka lavery is known for designs that blend function and style using innovative materials so basically what i did is i just went to their site i put in farmhouse chandelier because i love like a farmhouse look but they have modern they have traditional they have literally every single style you can think of you just throw it in there and you can get whichever style of chandelier or lighting that you want you just throw it in there (laughs) yeah no you just throw in what you're looking for and it will pop up with so many different styles and designs you can favorite your favorite ones so you don't lose them and then come back to look at them. But yeah, you can get up to 
50% off hundreds of lights, furniture, and decor between November 25th and December 24th. Up to 50% off during the Lamps Plus holiday sale. So November 25th through December 24th. Yeah, just go to L-A-M-P-S-P-L-U-S dot com slash H-M-C-P and throw in the type of chandelier or lighting that you're looking for and you will get lots of different results. Lampsplus.com slash H-M-C-P. The other thing you guys know that I love is safe and effective cleaning products, but also skincare. I started really paying attention to the things that I've been that I was eating and putting on my body when I lost Jonathan and when I was trying to get pregnant again. And Beauty Connor is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013. It completely disrupted the beauty industry by shedding a light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products we use daily. Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. Yeah, so I mean, I've really done my research because I'm just genuinely serious about not putting toxic things in or on my body. So what do they mean by clean? Over 1,500 questionable ingredients are never, ever used in beauty counters formulations. They call this their never list. Anything from moisturizers to makeup, which I know a lot about, (laughs) cleansers to sunscreen, beauty counter is at the forefront of using clean ingredients to create products that are effective and really work. Yeah, so take their recently launched Powder Time Collection. It's a safer alternative to retinol. It keeps skin youthful and hydrated with plant-based ingredients like bakukiel, so you get all the age-defying benefits without the concerns like sun sensitivity and skin irritation. And find out for yourself why Beauty Counter is the leader in clean beauty and explore their Counter Time Collection for a safer skincare right now. Yeah, I really genuinely don't think you'll be disappointed. I have it upstairs and I love it. So if you're new to Beauty Counter, now is the time to head on over to beautycounter.com to check out their special holiday offers before they're gone. That's beautycounter.com. No promo code necessary. Just clean makeup, skincare, and gifts for everyone that you love. All right. I think it's time that we bring on our amazing guest, Sarah. This is part two from last week. She is preaching it. I mean, I was so inspired by this conversation of just self-love and really accepting yourself and and loving yourself. And she is a really impressive individual. I mean, someone that has it together like her. Yeah, she's really awesome. So without further ado, let's bring Sarah back on. I know you guys are waiting to hear the second part of the podcast. Enjoy. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Men say that like the number one most attractive thing about a woman is her confidence. So if a woman's confidence is the most attractive thing, how can you help nourish that? You know, and I think that percent, yeah. And so, and and you hit the nail on the head because if a woman's not confident in her body, her sex drive goes right out the window because yeah. if you're not feeling sexy at all, you're not like, oh, let me take my clothes off and like woo you. You know, I love Lizzo, right? Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, let me show you. I got swag, and she just has no shame in that woman confidence. I'm like, please spread some to me. It's so attractive, right? She's the best thing in the world right now. I swear to goodness. But what she has done is she's opened up this door of people being like, you can be fat positive and you can live, you can exist in a fat body that is healthy, that is attractive, that is sexual. You can be all of those things. Your body is 
not a prerequisite to it. And I think that that's like one of the things that I was actually just writing about this today. So often when I post a picture that is clearly targeted towards women or discussing postpartum, there's this male dialogue that follows that's like, yeah, I'd still hit that. And I'm like, my body is not here to serve a man's pleasure points. Like, it's just, that's not my purpose. And while it can be something that in partnership can be a really shared experience together, that is not my purpose on this earth to walk around and whether or not I'm going to make, I don't know how much language I'm allowed to use on your podcast. (laughs) You know know what I mean? Like my, like I've heard this quote once and it totally changed me, which was, my purpose in life is not male ejaculation. And he's like, you're right. Like that is not my purpose. That is not what I'm here for. If a man finds me attractive, cool. But more importantly, do I find him attractive? Do I find myself attractive? Like, am I intimate with myself before I share that with others? There's so many like pieces of that to break down, but like men are still in this, like women are a menu and they're choosing. They're the ones that are choosing. And we're kind of like, eh, like, no, that's, that's not what it is at all. Right. So Lizzo, I love because she's kind of come out and showed herself in this bold, confident, sexual way that has kind of like flipped the narrative because she's the one that's very, she's not like coming out there very apologetic, like, you know, I'm just so grateful for a man to love me. Like, she's just like, bitch, please like move along. I've got another, like we're good to go. Like she's, she's living it. And it just goes to show confidence is so attractive and it has nothing to do with our body. Oh my gosh. I just love this. Everyone listening, you guys are probably like, you know, raising the roof. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) That's a corny thing. I know you're feeling it too. (laughs) I got you. So let's just talk about real fast postpartum bots because you touch on that Mm -hmm. for a minute. And that's like the one thing that a woman never really can prepare for because you have no idea how your body's going to change during pregnancy. I mean, we've seen it all. We've seen women bounce back to literally like, like they never had a baby to women who couldn't lose weight, the stretch marks. I mean, multiple different things. So what is your advice to a woman who is not necessarily happy, whether she did quote unquote bounce back, but not enough or has the stretch marks or whatever. What is your advice to the woman who is postpartum and knee deep struggling with just loving herself? So the first things first, change the narrative from bounce back and change it to bounce forward. Get rid of those jeans that you feel like you must fit back into most women postpartum, their hips rotate an inch and a half outwards. So chances are those jeans are not going to be very comfortable anymore. And that's because your pelvis literally pushed a child out. So there's a lot of grace we have to give ourselves, but also more than that, a lot of women, they really want to go back to a certain body. Like I just want to get back to that. I just want to feel like her again. But if you really take pause and go and look back at who that girl was, take a look at that picture and think about the day that you're so reaching for again and think, did you love that body? Were you very confident? Was that the time that you truly loved your form or were you just as insecure then too? And for most women, almost always the thing is, is that you're right. I also was very uncomfortable in my skin then too. And I also struggled with my self-image then too. The issue isn't your body. It's the way that you've been treating it in the terms of what words you've been speaking into it your whole life. You might have had a bikini body. I say bikini body in the sense of like the societal form. You can have a bikini body at any time. But like you could have had this like time that you now have like time capsuled as being your idealistic body. But chances are you still struggled with self-doubt and self-hatred back then too. And so I think it's important to remember that why are we looking in a backwards direction when that's not the way we're going? We're going forward. And in moving forward and in this bounce forward, it's kind of like this 
really cool opportunity to honor your body. And I, and I had one um, follower once say something that really helped kind of change the perspective on it. It's, it's not so much like you, you are now forced to like love your body because it's done so much for you and look what it gave you this beautiful child. It's like, maybe that's not going to be the story for you, but you can respect the hell out of it. Your body did some really cool shit and it deserves the respect that it should be given. So that's kind of where I like to land on it is, you know what? My stomach is not my ideal. Like I think my stretch marks are really cool. I think the human body now is very, very cool. But I I don't think that I would have been like, if I could have chosen from category A to category B of having them or not, that I would have been like, yes, give me the stretch marks. Yeah, right. They were painful. Like, like, no, I, I would rather not, right? Um, they burn in the sun faster. They hurt when they come in. It makes your skin texture so different. You have to moisturize like crazy. There's a lot that comes with it. So no, I wouldn't wish for that beyond just like how the like how people look at stretch marks. But how am I going to deal with the fact that they're there? And I respect them. I respect that my body did a really good job. I respect that my body needed to expand to hold these children. And so it did. That is an incredible down to the science of the biology of who we are. That is some cool frigging crap that I respect the hell out of. Our bodies are doing amazing things. And sometimes our bodies respond to stress and trauma in different ways. And that's why it's really important that we just give our bodies that time and that grace and that love through that. We can't, I said in a post yesterday, you know, we can't hate ourselves happy, but we can love ourselves through all of those stages, right? And and love is an action word, not always a feeling. You're not always going to feel in love with your body. And right after postpartum, there's a lot of change there. It's almost like being on a blind date with somebody and expecting to be in love with them. Like, no, you're learning them for the first time time all Mm -hmm. over again. So give yourself that time and grace and give yourself an opportunity to get to know her again and just respect her. Oh my gosh. I love this because I really thought I was a confident woman and I knew that you know, going into postpartum, I was like, I am not going to be, you know, a size zero right immediately after, but I'm going to love myself anyways. And I'm going to be the first to admit that I actually struggled. And I never ever shared this before because I was ashamed that I went back Mm. to that, you know, like I wanted to be so confident and I wanted to put that out there for other women. And so instead I'm like six weeks postpartum, I felt very fat. I felt lazy. I didn't Mm -hmm. fit into anything. Like I didn't really fit into postpartum pants. You know, I didn't fit into my clothes before I had a baby and I didn't fit into the pregnancy. Yeah. I, I really didn't fit into anything. And I just felt so ugly, honestly, which is just so sad. It's just so sad to me, like looking back now, because it's like, come on, you just made a baby. But I think that a lot of it also is the hormones, like really don't help you out. Like hormones are not helping a sister out. Like your hormones are telling you to not have another baby. So there's not a lot of like, oh, I feel like this sexual awakening and I'm so attractive and like, no, your body is literally like shut her down. You need to take care of this child. Like your body, like in the brain response and your hormones are completely flipped on themselves. So it can be really hard. Like, you know, a lot of women struggle about the fact that they don't have a sex drive and they don't have this. And like a lot of times it comes down to just what's going on inside. And it's probably your hormones at play here. And and that's okay, right? Like we are blessed with these hormones that gift us with these feelings. And sometimes they're indicators of things that can help guide us through that season of life. For a lot of women, we don't have that drive there. And we don't have that feeling of being attractive and stuff because our like biology is not wanting us us to like re- like procreate again right that moment and some right. people do and they have Irish twins you never know yeah well that's true like I never ever admit this out loud but since my husband's working so he's not able to be on the podcast yeah the whole six week postpartum you can't have sex I'm oh, like yeah. sorry hubby I can't yeah. do it for I, six weeks yeah. I'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> it's a 
like, thank you, doctor, for giving me an excuse to just like lay here. (laughs) I know. No, seriously. Like it's such a, it's such a funny, but it comes back down to that same thing of we've had it in our minds that our bodies were truly meant to serve a man. And even though in a relationship, I think that like sex is really important and like a key factor to like that intimacy, what's more important is like truly being a body that's like, okay. And when you've literally gone through like the, like it is birth, whether it's a beautiful experience or not, is still trauma to the body. And it's still like a massive, massive thing to go through. Like, please, if you got hit by a truck, you would allow yourself to lay in bed for six weeks. So if you have a baby, allow yourself to lay in bed for six weeks and not feel guilty about it or feel pressure to do anything. We own that choice. No matter if you've been married for a week, a day, a month, 10 years, like that is continued to be a choice. And I think it really does come down to like this it's really, really important to create that intimacy with yourself so that you can confidently share that intimacy with another. And I think in postpartum, like it's a time of reconnection with your own body. And so it takes some time before you really feel confident in sharing that with someone else. So take a lot of pressure off. And I think men need to hear that too, is like, it's okay to just like support a woman through her rediscovery. And, and as she kind of opens herself up again to a lot of that, right? I mean, it's not easy and, and men can figure it out too. I mean, women are the ones that just birthed a human and, and men go through a lot in that experience, but their own priorities can be met in other ways, realistically. Yeah, absolutely. So pressure's off women. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's about time, right? Right. Um, okay. So I want to just kind of switch gears real fast because I know you've talked sure. about this before. So you post a lot of body positive images, which I can't get behind them enough because I need to see it daily. So thank you for that. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Especially because there are so many of us out there who, like I just said, like I would love to be more, you know, confident in that respect, but Sometimes I'm just not. So thank you for helping me. You know, maybe I'm not as confident to post that myself. Of course. And you have no obligation to the internet to post that yourself. Like that's totally okay. I think a lot of women as they're as they're starting to get into that journey of like, I'm really starting to learn how to love my body. That's not like a thing that we all have to do. I chose to do it, but like that's not something that we're all required of, right? right. So I think that's an important thing. Like we we don't owe that to anybody. Absolutely. But I'm just so thankful that there are women like you who do do that because if you didn't, then we would still only just have the idea of what we see in every single magazine. I mean, there isn't one magazine out there that shows a, a different type of body size and shape other than like the model or the actress or, you know real skinny, beautiful reality TV star. (laughs) So thank you for just kind of showing that you can be beautiful and you can love yourself, even if you aren't one of those, you know, women out there. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think this is what is so cool about all of it is that we grew up where media kind of decided for us what we saw and what images we took in. So they kind of chose a really oppressive like version of it, which was like this, like I said earlier, just this one type of female form that we were all supposed to suddenly be, right? Just to note that societal norm has changed every single decade. So we can't ever keep up. Exactly. However, what is so important about all of this is that we are the media now. We have taken it back. Social media, you can smack on it all you want. It is the media now. It is now determining what other media outlets see, project, and share because we're demanding it because it's shown and has proven to be such a strong voice and such a strong message that is like people are willing to put their money behind, their time behind, their energy behind, their power behind. Every single like that you give out into social media is putting power behind somebody. So when we follow people who are creating a different dialogue and creating that new media, you know, 
uh, ideals, um, that is like, you're, you're part of that. You are so part of that. So it's really important to kind of look at it now and say, how cool, how cool is it that we now live in a day and time where we are changing the fabric of society simply through being the media. And so I'm very thankful to be a part of that. I'm very thankful for the people who have put their power behind me and the fact that we are collectively changing the world and changing what little girls and boys are growing up into and what women of all ages and men of all ages and sizes and colors are now being able to see themselves represented in. Oh my gosh. I love it. So whenever you put yourself out there in that social media world, no matter what, it doesn't matter how great the message is or the picture, there's always going to be someone who gives you some form of backlash. And when you're on such a public platform, how do you deal with the criticism and backlash on some of your body positive posts? Well, I think the big thing for me is it actually for a time made me very, very anxious and made me very sad and made me like want to give up and never do anything of it again. Um, and I would share that. I would share those feelings. And then I would be flooded with women being like, no, like this is this is how you've made me feel. And like, let me just fill you with the other side of it, right? And I think over time, what's ended up happening is every single time I kind of get those negative comments about my body or the fact that I've shown up in it or that I just exist, it reminds me of my fight. It reminds me of why we're doing this and why we're having these conversations and why it is so important. So The negativity being what it is, has actually motivated me to continue the message and to drive it. Like sometimes I'm like, honestly, like I feel okay with my body now. It feels weird to talk about it. It feels weird to be perfectly okay with myself. Look at me. Like it is not the same conversation it was when I was knee deep into being like, I don't know how to love myself. It's a different conversation now where I'm like, well, I got there and this is my body. Like it's a little (laughs) bit different. But people will like, for instance, this is like, how I've kind of changed it is there was a man who commented on a Facebook picture of me and he said, you basically look like cottage cheese wearing makeup. Oh my God. And so I literally posted a picture of cottage cheese (laughs) with like a face on it that was like all like with makeup. And I was like new profile pic. I was just like, took it back. And everyone Uh, was like, that is so good. You you can't take me down when there's nothing to take down. Like I no longer put myself worth in the opinions of people. Like it's truly now comes down to me. I do think like, especially being in a position of having a platform, it's important to listen to people. It's important to be okay being wrong and it's okay to have that, but I can't be wrong in my body. I can't be wrong by showing up and existing. There is no wrongness in that. There is no, I'm not perpetuating any message beyond I'm existing in my body and it's okay to do that. So I know that I'm not in the wrong and I know that my worth is not held by the opinion of some random guy on Facebook. And it just reminds me of, oh my gosh, we really do. Like, cause sometimes when you've gotten into this space now and I follow so many like body confident and body positive people, like I stop seeing why we're doing this. And so when messages like that come up, it's like, oh yeah, we do live in an oppressive society. I should probably keep doing this. I right. should probably keep fighting for this. And it's really actually motivated me over time. And it's really helped drive me forward. And sometimes I share like some of the comments and then I share some of the good ones so that people really understand both sides of it and understand that there are real people behind social media platforms. I'm not somebody who has like an assistant that runs through every single comment and sees everything and responds for me. Like it's me. It's me that sees it. I spend four hours a day in my comments and DMs. This -hmm. is an ethic that I've kept since I quit my job to do this full time. And I see them. So I'm reading them. And so when people start to understand, like they are speaking to me, it's maybe changes how they approach it a little bit, but also knowing that I'm not going to just back down and away from it either. However, some days it's a bless them and block a method. 
I don't have to deal with it. It is my choice to be like, this yeah. is my friend, Brianna, um, bikini body mommy. She once said to me, she goes, I need you to think about your platform as a home. And you have a door that is open and people are coming in. But if somebody walks into your home and disrespects you, you have the option to kick them out of your house. It is your house and those are your walls and those are your oh, people inside of it. So protect it and be willing to use that door and shut it. And I was like, ha, huh, you're right. Right? Like it was, oh I was gosh. very much like, mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. Yep. I'm, yes. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Like you're so right. That definitely is how it is. When you have your own platform, a lot of people want you to be perfect. You can't be perfect. So you can't be everything to everyone. You can't be an activist for everything, but you can be you and you can share your realities and you can share your truths and your experiences, which is why if you watch the way I discuss things on social media, I will always reflect it back to my journey and a we thing and a me thing and never you need to do this and you need to change this and you are a problem. It is, this is something I've journeyed through. This is something I'm sharing. This is my experience. And I don't expect anybody to blanket my experiences onto theirs, but should they connect with it? Right. Fantastic. What a cool thing to share in together. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. The one thing that you said that really resonated with me was don't put your self-worth in other people's opinions because I think that a lot of us, I mean, it's just like society, like you said, the societal standard is we want everybody to like us or to approve of our body image. And that's just like the way we've grown up. But one of the most common questions I, that I think anybody who is body positive gets is, okay, so if you're body positive and you're saying you love yourself just as you are, then why would you get Botox or why would you get any plastic surgery? Of course. And what's your response to that? So... One thing that I think is really important here is if you are anywhere close to the body positive space, and there's a lot of like differences in what people will feel about it and opinions that they'll form around it. But we fought so hard for a woman's right to choose and a woman's right to, you know, her body. So realistically, we have to allow them that authority over their body and over their choices. And not only that, but there's a lot of women who will make choices out of self-hate and the last thing that anybody needs is shame and judgment. So that being right. said, just be a supporter. It doesn't mean that you agree. It doesn't mean that that's something that you would do, but allow her her choice for her body. That is the most positive thing you can do for another woman is allowing her that choice because what happens years down the road, if she changes her mind or has a different narrative that comes in or doesn't feel the same way about it anymore, she's still going to look at you as a friend that supported her throughout all of that. And I've had those friends. I've had those friends that like watched me go through such self-deprecating thoughts and methods and disordered eating and diet culture that I projected onto the world. And they stood by me knowing that it was eventually going to fail me. Now that said, there's a lot of people oh who make God. very positive choices around plastic surgery and Botox and all that. And it is not, as I don't believe that it is like the worst thing in the world. I personally have done Botox before. I had a friend once that really changed my perspective on it when I was kind of challenged in my own thinking of it. And she shared with me that as a child, she suffered from a lot of trauma and in that trauma, it caused her to frown a lot. And as an adult, she felt like no matter how much I was healing, I couldn't escape the trauma in my face. I felt like I looked angry all the time. And it just reminded me of it. 
And she said to me, she goes, I got Botox and it's like the peace came to my face that I've been feeling on the inside for so long. So how can I hate something that gave me this peace? And I thought, you know what? We don't talk about that enough either. We don't talk about this being potentially somebody's healing process. For some people after a massive weight loss or, you know, if you've had breast cancer and stuff, a lot of people go through these changes. That's like, it's the ending chapter of their trauma and it's the ending of this journey that they've been on. And and who are we to come in and say, but I don't agree with your choice for your body. If somebody wants to ask an opinion on what I've chosen for myself, I'll give it, but I will never blanket an opinion on anybody else's body beyond a you do you and I support you, whether or not it's something that I would choose for myself. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And you'll know who your real friends are, who your real friends are, who your real following is when you do something that they may not necessarily agree with, but they stand by you just the same way that you stand by them and you wouldn't judge them. It's no different than when you see that friend that you know is going to marry that guy that is like probably not the best for her. And you're like, you can have those conversations with her and you can gently like say, like, make sure that you can gently guide these different things around it. But I had a friend once that was in a not good relationship and I I looked at my mentor and I said, what do I do? How do I stop her from going down this path? She goes, you don't stop her. You stand with her because when this all falls apart, she's going to need her people and you are going to be there and you will have always have been there. But if you push Mm -hmm. her now and you push her away and you push too hard, you might lose her forever and she's going to lose that support from you. And it's always just stuck with me because our relationship with Uh. ourself is no different. We prioritize relationships with other people a lot and it's very easy to decipher and dissect and look at that. But are we willing to honor each other's individual relationships with our own personal bodies, knowing that sometimes it might be toxic and it might be wrong and it might be difficult and it may be really hard to be a support person through that. But are you willing to stand by and be that support person knowing that she might come down from that and need somebody to help catch her? And that's kind of just where I'm at with it all. Like, it's just not my decision. And we can have a conversation about it as to why you'd want to go down a path of different things. But there's a lot of people who make very body positive choices in altering their body, I believe. And that's just been my opinion about it. It's just not my body to choose for. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I love what your friend said or your mentor said about, mm-hmm. you know, because if you really love this person and you really care about this person, then you don't want to push them away from you. But but probably pushing your ideas on them, which they obviously don't agree with, is just going to push them away. And so then you're just losing the person. And then the flip side is that if you just stand by her and love her and support her through it all, then she knows she can trust you and rely on you when she is going through that downfall. And, you know, and who knows, maybe she'll prove you wrong and the guy turns out to be great or whatever the situation is turns out to be okay, which would be awesome too. But if not, then she knows she has you as a solid friend and supporter to, to like be there for her. Yep. Oh, exactly. You are filled with so many nuggets of wisdom. I, I could just like talk I'm to you all day. Today. I don't know. I can feel like I'm just on it. I'm having all you are I'm on having it. it. <laughs> I like it. You're oh, I love it. I could talk, I could literally talk to you all day oh, about things. Like, this is why I love speaking so much. And I've really gotten into the public speaking space because it's it's so uh easy when you write something for people to kind of read between lines or decipher different things. But I feel like when you speak, you get to kind of put your passion behind it. You get to put like power to your words a little bit and open that dialogue. Mm -hmm. So public speaking has been one of my favorite extensions of self in the last year and the podcast, because again, like it does allow these conversations to happen in a place that is not just filled with commentary 
from the audience all the time. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like podcasts, like of course there's still reviews and stuff, but you can have a safe conversation without feeling like you have to filter every single word in case of offending one single person. It's a let's sit and listen. And if it doesn't work for somebody, you can stop listening. But for the most part, it's been probably my favorite extension of self just to be able to bring some of my experiences to life by spoken word and not just written. I mean, honestly, you're a really good speaker. I could listen to you all day. But you're also a really good writer because I love reading your posts. So you're multi-talented girlfriend. (laughs) Well, I would say that this is a lot of people will ask about this This is the different way that I've started creating on social media is that I stopped trying to caption my images and I, and I reversed it. And so what I've actually done over the years is really paid in my relationship building with myself, um, have paid attention to my thoughts, not just the bad ones, but the good ones too. And, And I think we're doing ourselves such a disservice when we allow thoughts to just flow through us and not always capture them in the moment. Mm. And so what Mm -hmm. I've done is like, we're very aware of things. And I think that's why when people read a lot of my stuff is like, they're like, Oh, like I totally relate to that. I have that thought too. I just was the person to potentially capture it. Like I'm very good at when thoughts come through and I've had those feelings, I immediately write them down or make myself a voice memo or somehow capture it knowing that this is the content that I want to put out. So I actually usually have my written piece before I ever have an image to go with it. And that's been like, wow. yeah, it's, it's totally changed the way I create. It's totally changed the way I show up online. And it's made my words so much more powerful because they came from a place of the exact moment that I felt it and that exact intimate, intimate moment with myself before I've shared it in a more curated way. Oh my goodness. I love that. So pay attention to your thoughts. You never know what you might come up with and create out of yeah. it. Yeah, But I also like just pay attention to your thoughts, period, because mm-hmm. thoughts just run through your mind and maybe we got to control these bad boys because, you and know, we do have control. People forget, like there's a lot of times like we're like, how do you, how do you stop hating yourself when you look in the mirror? And it's like, you realize that you do have choice in that moment to stop thinking that and actually walk away from it. And it's a practice. Like it is not something you just suddenly have. It's like any other muscle you have to learn to practice that, but we do have control of our thoughts. And that's a really amazing thing. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like I could go off on a tangent about this too, about instead of the minute you say that you think you're fat or you know, you think that without even wanting to think that just turn that dialogue to, you know what, this, this fat or these stretch marks brought me that baby, or I like eating chocolate every night and I don't care if I have a little extra cushion around my hip, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I still look good. (laughs) No, and that's exactly it, right? Is we do have control. Like every single moment of the day, I had a friend say this to me once, but they they love Powered Co. I don't know if you've heard of them. They make these affirmations cards. Yeah. And they were on my podcast and they said, you know, every moment of the day we're affirming ourselves either negatively or positively. So what if we chose the positive ones over the negative ones and realizing that we do have that choice and that power, right? And and so to go about our days and, and recognizing that, you know, I'm the person who has still had those moments where those thoughts creep in and suddenly I'm sitting in a puddle of my own tears at the bottom of my closet thinking everything looks bad on me and I look like a potato and all of these things. And now I'm like, I'm feeling this but I'm going to put on whatever it is and just like turn around and walk out. Like I have to act so, so quickly in how am I mm-hmm. going to not allow this? And, and a big part of that is in body neutrality. Like my body is not what I'm showing up for. People don't really care about that thing about me. I did a whole post once. My most popular post of all time was this reminder to people of 
if you think about the people in their world and the top five things or even 10 things that you love about them, their body doesn't make the list. So if that is, Oh my gosh, it's true. If that's fact for how you feel about the people you love and you interact with in your life, then why are we putting our body as number one on the list? It's not even on the list. So get get it off the list, deprioritize it as fast as humanly possible, get out the door and show up for those other 10 reasons that people truly care about and what is actually the relationship builder in your world because your body isn't it. Oh my gosh. I feel like you need to be in every elementary school and every <laughs> high school and every college. I have to well, learn not to swear if I was going to elementary <laughs> school. No, I do have kids, so, but they're used to me. It's been such a great experience to be able to learn these things through experience and to be able to take a lot of pain and, and turn it into something positive for everybody. And I think that everybody can take away from this message, even if you're in a self-loving place, to understand what some of the world is going through and to understand what women in all different diverse bodies are going through and the society that's tried to oppress them. And how can we change the way that we talk about our bodies online and in the media and with each other and in our everyday lives and work and and everything and in the bedroom? I mean, it's game changing when we start deprioritizing the importance of it, right? A hundred percent. And again, a little nugget of wisdom that you had was the top 10 things people think of you. If your body is number one on the list, maybe they're not your people anyways. Like hundred percent. And I'm sorry, the hottest guy in the world, if he has like, if his personality is like wet cardboard or he is a jackass, you're not giving him the time of day anymore. Like, so why? Like, do you know what I mean? Like when you realize that yeah, we fall in love with people for so much more. I was thinking about it for my own husband and I'm attracted to him, like guttural instinct. He is a hot babe, but I don't think about that when I think of the reasons I love him. I don't be like, I really like his tattoos on his arm and I really like his beard and I really like this. No, that's not who I am because we're, we as humans, human connection is so much deeper than that. Attraction exists. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to desire wanting to be attractive as well. I think that we need to not feel guilty about that. I had a friend once who kind of guided me through that thought because she was like, if you go back into like the history of time, we all existed in tribes. So if we were in tribes and like somebody wasn't in one, or you were outcast from one, you died. You died. So if we think about it back to the history of humanity, we have a desire to be in a group. We have a desire to be attractive and we have a desire to exist, right? So it's okay to want to be attractive for people, but that's just not the, that's, that's not why we stay in the group that really like, it might be that initial attraction and I think we all experience that. Yeah. But if you take your own experiences about how you're attracted to like a singular male or woman, whatever you prefer, it goes so much further than that. They can't just be hot. Like that's right. Can't be the end of it. Personality always plays a role because just like you said, the guy could look like, you know, coming off a magazine page, but then he opens his mouth and you're like, Oh, I couldn't even like have, you know, another minute with him. Cause I just think he's a jerk. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Yeah, so a hundred percent important to remember. Absolutely. Okay. Sarah, listen, thank you so very, very much for coming and sharing all this truth and just such good wisdom with all of, all of our listeners. Oh, I so appreciate the time. I've actually really loved this conversation. So it's been really lovely. Oh my goodness. I have eaten up every single word. And I know everyone listening has too. Uh, real fast, because I know they probably want to know where to find you and how to find you and how to listen to your podcast. Of course. So, yes. Uh, where can we send them if they wanted to follow you on social media or listen to your podcast? 
So you can find me at the birds papaya on Instagram. That's kind of my wheelhouse. That's where you'll see me the most. I'm on Facebook as well. There's also an insider group. If you want a supportive badass group of women and the podcast, which is like my baby is the papaya podcast. It is me and it's a bunch of different other people that are nothing like me sharing their experiences. And so I get to elevate their stories, everything from human trafficking to fat positivity, to anxiety, overcoming anxiety or co with anxiety or whatever you want to call it. So many different subjects from so many different diverse people and kind of getting to have these really cool conversations that might just change the way you see the world. So that's kind of where you can find me. And I hope you do. And I hope you take time to connect if you've connected with anything here today. And I look forward to getting to know you. Yeah. Oh, well, I absolutely love following you. And I'll be over on your Instagram page later today, liking it. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Put it, so putting much. power behind your message. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Put power behind the people you care about and that you adhere to their message. You're a part of that when you do that, right? A hundred percent. I never really thought to think of it like that, but it's so true because that's exactly how I feel for anybody who ever likes my message or comments on a post or whatnot. I feel their love. I feel their support. And just yeah. like you said, I think, you know, I never realized that I mean, I guess like maybe the Kardashians probably have someone who helps them, but I'm like, does anybody really let other people go on their social media? And yeah, I actually heard it from Jenna Kutcher's podcast that she did that. And and I don't disagree with it. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that she's honoring her mental health by that, but she calls yeah. it like her gatekeeper. She is ah. like somebody who comes in and, and makes sure that everything is safe for her before she goes on. Wow. I guess that's that actually wild? very smart. But say, yeah. but honestly, I think that I've also, for me personally, I've just grown from the haters. And just like you said oh, yeah. about the cottage cheese comment with the guy, it's like, oh, he yeah. is literally the reason why you're doing what you're doing. So thankful for him yeah, to throw out his comment. comment. Thanks for the engagement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thanks. numbers overall. So appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for putting power behind my message. And also so funny. Thanks for reminding me that I'm doing what I need to be doing because of men like you out in the world. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh my uh, gosh. So true. All right, Sarah. Well, it was so, so great chatting with you. Thank you for spending a whole hour. I think I'm gonna have to divide this up into oh two gosh. podcasts. Why not? Yeah. Because I don't want to cut any of this out. This might be part two that we're finishing right now. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. But thank you so, so much. You. So good to okay. meet you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Was she not the most phenomenal interviewer? I'm I, I'm not sure if like I can say this out loud, but I'm just going to. She's probably <laughs> one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the podcast. Yeah, she's she's fun. I I really enjoy listening to her, and she knows what she likes, and she's very passionate. And you can tell anytime she speaks how passionate she is. Yeah, I mean, and also not just passionate, but she's so informed. She knows exactly what she's talking about, and she's like, "Don't try to mess with me. I'll t I'll tell you what the what the <laughs> facts are." Yeah, and, she wouldn't be one I'd want to get in an argument with. Oh no, definitely not. She's awesome. I cannot thank each and every one of you enough for all the love and support that you always give us. We will be back next week and we have a medium coming on. Yes, so someone that is average height. <laughs> no, she's a, a medium and her name's Monica, the medium. She's been on um, multiple different TV shows. She's been all over the news. She's very reputable. And do you believe in mediums? I don't know. I'm definitely going to kind of grill her because I don't know if I believe that she really has the ability to talk, but like if I, if she does, like could she talk to my dad or well, my I, grandpa? I think, see, I, I think she'd be able to do enough research now and looking everything I know. behind. 
But also, you know, if she brings up stuff that, you know, we never shared with people, that would be interesting. That'd be real interesting because there's not a whole lot we haven't shared. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, really? How, that's news to me too, girlfriend. I, <laughs> I didn't know. I'm curious if you go to a medium out there. If you if you go see a medium, I know my mom does. She's she's very into psychics. My grandma, Dot, she was very into mediums. So I'm just curious if our audience, if they believe or don't believe. Well, I don't know. This was like one of the number one things they said that we should have a medium on and have, you know, I guess our lives read or whatever. So we're going to do that next week. Yeah, and send us some questions. If you guys want to send in some questions for Monica the Medium, then let us know. We're having her on next week. And then we have a super special episode for Christmas, which is just two weeks away. We're going to have Santa on. (laughs) No, but we are going to have Gracie Girl on, our daughter. And we're going, we're narrowing down our top three baby names. I mean, we literally have like 15 to 20 right now, but we're narrowing down our top three baby names. We're making this a deadline so that we can share this with you because we always want a really nice gift to give you on Christmas. Yes. And so I put it out there, like, what would you guys want? And everybody wants the baby name. So I'm like, gosh, no pressure. I don't even know what I'm going to name him myself. Yeah, but we're we going to have that for you. Yeah, we haven't even talked uh, in depth about it or made a final decision. Yeah, so we're, we're going to narrow that down by Christmas morning for you guys. And We do know his middle name, though. Doug really wants it to be Douglas, but I want to make sure that it really all just jives. Although I love Douglas because not only for obviously his dad, but even my father-in-law. Yeah. So we'll, it's probably going to be Douglas is the middle name, but we'll see. All right, we got, guys, we will see you guys here next week with Monica the Medium on. Yes, and remember to check our Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram where you can find Jamie and Otis or Doug Hayner on social media to stay up to date with everything. And we love you. We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye.